So how does an adult with raging ADHD himself harness the drive, passion, discipline, and business sense to become a successful ADHD coach? You are listening to Finding Your Brilliance podcast, episode number 15. I'm your host, Catherine Quee, and today I'm speaking with Ryan Mayer, who is the founder of Ryan Mayer Coaching. I met Ryan at the Children and Adults with Attention Hyperactivity Disorder virtual conference. He moderated my session and he won me over immediately with his lighthearted, playful sense of humor. So in January of earlier this year, last January, I invited Ryan onto my podcast and we spoke about the connection between ADHD and shame. This resonated with a lot of parents and ADHDers, of course, which you can imagine. So if you want to check out that conversation, it is episode number 11, and you can just go to my website, click podcasts, and scroll down and you'll find it. Today, I've invited Ryan back to share about his journey, basically to share about what's happened since in the ADHD community with his business over the last 10 months. So here he is, Ryan himself. Hi, Ryan. Here you are. Hello, Catherine. Hello, audience. (laughs) This is wonderful having you just getting this time to connect again and center our worlds again and figure out what's happening in your orbit. How's it going? It is empowering. It's empowering. Well, that is, you know, I'm so curious. Let's chat. So we talked, we went back and forth and we tried to decide there's so many things we could discuss. We don't have to talk about everything today, but tell me what you mean about empowering. It's so foreign for me, but also it feels so good to be able to say for everyone to hear that you can have ADHD and you can be successful. Yeah. And you're wearing a you're wearing a sweatshirt that says blessed and you feel blessed. I do feel blessed. Faith is a really big component of my life and really what makes me who I am. And I actually just got back from a retreat. I was on a retreat this past weekend. It was a silent retreat. So can you just imagine an ADHD (laughs) verbal processor going on a four day long silent retreat. I was really scared going, <laughs> but yeah. it ended up being so, so powerful. Uh, I was right before we hopped on here, I was looking through some of the things that I wrote down. And I think so many, so many things are so applicable to us as ADHD years yeah. that when, when you get to a point where you can have some quiet time, it's amazing. I'm using air quotes for those who are just listening. <laughs> Amazing what you can hear when you finally get quiet. Mm. I'm just so curious what you quote air quote heard. You know, <laughs> one of the uh, really tiny little questions that they challenge us to think about is, "What's your purpose for being here?" There's a little bit of a doozy to chew on. But I'm so happy that they did because I'm really happy with with kind of how it panned out. 
the, there's a long version and a short version. The longer version is, my purpose is to lovingly empower, there's that word, empower others to successfully navigate the challenges they face in order to enjoy a happier and more fulfilling life. And the shorter version is, I inspire others to be happier. Yeah. Well, you look happy and it sure is important for me if I'm working with someone that they exude good energy, that they have an aura about them that feels hopeful, you know, and in our last podcast, you talked about the shame component of having ADHD, which is something, you know, I, you know, my poodle in the background is ringing a bell repeatedly, Ryan, and I cannot stand it. I'm going to get her. If we get distracted by auditory noises. Yeah. Um, Cause it's really about acceptance of mm-hmm. even though these things are might, might seem strange to others. Like for example, when my dad picked me up in the car to take me to the airport to go to the retreat, he had the radio on. He likes to listen to sports talk radio. And I just said, Hey, do you mind if I shut this off? Because for me, I can't concentrate in a conversation if, if there's another, you know, sportscaster talking in the background. So he's just come to learn as I've helped him to get more awareness around ADHD that these are just the things I need to be able to fully engage. So I'm really glad that you took care of the bell in the background because if I would have heard it, because I just didn't hear it yet, but if I would have heard it, I probably would have said, sorry, but can we pause our interview so that you can stop the bell? So don't worry about it at all. Well, I like what just happened because, you know, we're talking about acceptance and we're not talking about having the perfect podcast. And what Mm -hmm. I like about people is when they're real. And so, yeah, I've got to stop my dog. She wasn't put on the leash or whatever that I wanted to put her on, whatever. The bottom line is it's, it's about figuring out how to be real with others and with ourselves Mm -hmm. And that is something I noticed in you right away, Ryan. I loved how, I like how you uh, share about your struggles. You know, without that part, it's really hard to see, you know, you'd think, okay, he has ADHD, but people that can't share about their vulnerabilities I have a hard time being inspired by. So the other thing I hear you saying is that you're telling others in your world what you need, which is a whole other skill. Yeah. And I think it, it gets back to a word that you were saying earlier uh, about advocating advocacy. and, And sometimes we think of that as a an external thing, like maybe we're advocating for our kids or advocating for our patients or clients, but I would encourage everyone who's listening, don't forget to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, I had a mentor of mine that once told me this and I'll never forget it. He said, you have to do it Ryan's way. And and that doesn't mean in, in the way of like my way or the highway, but yeah. in other words, like I, I used to try to 
always accommodate the world instead of trying to get the world to accommodate me. But that's why they call them accommodations. Because all I do is just ask, like, I'm just straightforward with people like, hey, I'm sorry, like, I can't focus right now because of that bell in the background, yeah. for example, or, or whatever. But I'm doing that in a genuine way where I want to be able to focus on the conversation or on the schoolwork or whatever the thing is. So standing up for ourselves and admitting that we need some help or, or just need a little change in the environment, we j I just want to encourage everybody out there, don't think of that as a bad thing. Just think of it as you're trying to be your best self when you do that. Yeah. And it does take courage because it it's not like people do that all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think there's a lot of times where neurotypicals or neurodivergent people, either side, just my husband has, I'm a neurotypical, but he, when he backs up his Prius, this screeching horror, I mean, it makes this noise that is part of the pre it's nothing wrong with the car, but it does this noise and I can barely stand it. He does not mind the noise, but then he'll stay in the reverse position for like a while. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, like I need to move <laughs> forward. Um, and anyway, it makes me feel high maintenance to say things like, Han, I don't know if I can stand. I mean, but I have to because it, it's literally just killing me. <laughs> the certain noises that happen sometimes. So I don't know. I don't think we always have to suffer in silence. We've been taught a lot of that and we have to be polite about how we advocate for ourselves. But, you know, uh, it, it makes me think of a, a personal story for me that my wife and I have the privilege of getting to speak to engaged couples at our church. Oh. And uh, we told a story yesterday that what you just said about your husband and the Prius reminds me of. And this is what I say to the engaged couples. And I'll say this to anyone out there who's in any kind of relationship, not just marriage. But I say if there's if there's one thing that I would encourage all of you to remember from our talk, it's this. Your significant other doesn't have a crystal ball. Yeah. In other words, unless we speak up about how we feel about something, we can't expect that the people in our lives are going to know how we feel to adjust anything unless we bring it up. Yeah. Uh, so, and and the, the thing at our house, so we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And uh, our, our daughter, you know, when she'll wake up from her nap, she's the two-year-old will hear her crying on the baby monitor and my wife who who is a neurotypical i don't know what the deal is her skin is so much thicker i guess where i'll hear the crying and within about you know 12 seconds like i'm almost at a boiling point like are we oh. ready to, are we ready to go get the baby <laughs> um, but my wife will just keep like kind of going along and doing her thing and so usually after about 30 seconds, I have to like take a couple deep breaths and then I'll say, honey, question, did you want me to go get Lila, our daughter, uh, out of her crib 
or were you going to kind of like what's your what's the plan here it's like oh yeah i'm going and she's like oh yeah i'm going right after i finish this thing and i started to ask her if you do hear our daughter crying on the monitor and i'm in the room can you just let me know what your plan is yes um because that's going to greatly reduce my anxiety because i'm trying to figure out are you are you silently non-verbally telling me I should go get her? Are oh, you planning right. on going to get her? Do you not hear her? It's just all these thoughts in my mind when really my wife is planning on going. She just can handle a auditory distraction a lot longer than me. So anyway, it's just a small example of like, don't be afraid to speak up if, if something's bothering you. Yes. So that seems to be what we're talking about. It's, it's interesting. That's, that's what we're talking about today. That part about taking care of you. Yeah. And you have to be good at that because you take care of other people. I mean, as a coach, I mean, you and I both are in positions where we're supporting other people. It's kind of like, you gotta really try to, I was looking at your website and there's so many things on there. There's just lists of, if you struggle with time management and low confidence and all of those things. And so I, you know, what I know about you is that you work hard on the things you're working on with others. I do. And one of the analogies that I always give those who I speak with is, and I may have said this on our last interview, but it's, I have so much fun doing the impression that I'm going to just say it again anyway, but it's when you get onto any flight and they're running you through the safety instructions and they say uh, should we experience an unexpected dropping head and pressure oxygen masks will drop in front of you please be sure that you put on your mask before putting on the masks of others and so i always tell my clients about that because it's just a reminder and kind of a visual of we always are wanting to help other people we go we we, we will go miles above and beyond to help others. And so many times we're forget, we're neglecting, not always forgetting. We're like, yeah, I probably should eat today or I should, you know, do some self-care of some kind, but I'm going to do this, all this other stuff instead. So I guess just a, a, a big reminder to everyone that put on your oxygen mask before you put on the oxygen masks of others, because for both of us in our roles, yeah, we have to be in a good place to be able to then help others. Yeah. And I do this a lot with parents. It's It feels like it gets a little old almost. I'm trying to figure out like another word, Ryan, for self-care because it just bothers me sometimes like self-care, self-love, whatever it is, just, uh, I don't know, consciousness about yourself. I'm always, I'm a visual person. So maybe this is how I like gravitate towards these things. But it, if not the airplane oxygen mask, another analogy that I use is filling up the tank of your car. Yeah. Because if, if like my clients, if they forget to eat or if they are getting to bed too late or if they're watching too much TV or feel like they're burned out or whatever, I ask them about like, well, are you filling up your tank? In other words, you could say to parents like, hey, if, if you're staying up late or if you're drinking a few extra glasses of wine, if you're too stressed out, or if you are 
you know, staying late at work and not having the chance to get home and be with your kids or what, whatever the case may be. We have to really fill our own tank, like get exercise, eat nutritious food, get good sleep. Because especially for those of us who are neurodivergent, like so many of your patients and myself are, if we don't do those basic things, then we're like, we're already at a disadvantage. But if we don't do those things, we're going to be in an even worse spot. So my thing is fill your, make sure you fill your tank. Oh yeah. So you're working, Ryan, are most of your clients, did most of them have ADHD or a huge number? Yeah. A vast majority. Like I would say above 90% and I'm terrible at math, but if I had to guess it's around somewhere above 90% have ADHD. Okay. And so I am curious about what are you noticing about your world as an ADHD coach? And I don't know, I'm just curious about your growth as a person in relation to it and just, yeah, you as a coach, what's that like? One of the reasons why I was so excited that we got connected about getting back onto the show and why I used the word empowered earlier was because I get even like emotional kind of like telling this story. But for those who may have not heard on the last episode that I was on, but Basically, I've been fired from several jobs. I've quit other jobs. I I just haven't felt like I've ever lived up to my potential. And for anyone who has ADHD, you know how normal that is for so many of us, that we always feel like we fall short of others and our own expectations. And for the first time in my whole life, I am now exceeding expectations. And I am hitting my goals. I'm, and it's not even about money for me, but I'm making more money than I ever have. But here's the, the, I think the key in the whole thing is that all of this abundance and the blessings that have come into my life have all happened as a result of me being my authentic self finally. So it was one, like I have uh, my logo that people may have seen before, but in my logo, I have this flag and it's basically not just to represent steps to get to a goal, uh, but also putting up the flag to say like, hey, this is how I am, like just authentically being myself. And it's really that that has brought so much positive attention to me because I think it really does inspire other people that like me struggle with self-esteem and anxiety and depression. I want to be able to tell them not like, Hey, look how awesome I am just to see, just to show, Hey, you can have ADHD and other, uh, emotional challenges or other co-occurring conditions. And you can be successful. You just have to find something that fits for and i always felt there's that einstein quote of yeah if if a fish is judged by its ability to climb a tree well then of course it's going to feel stupid but i am finally a fish who feels like i i'm finally in water and it's like it just feels so good to do what i do which is to authentically help people to find the things they're good at and remind them of how awesome they are basically 
Well, you know, Ryan, I mean, the first time we met, I was like floundering around a little bit with, I don't remember what it was. There was some technical component to doing my presentation Mm -hmm. or something. And you just, you know, you just so naturally just said, you've got this, you're good. It's fine. You just have that energy and you are clearly in the right job. The other thing I think that's important though, for others is to hear who encouraged you. Like, how did you get, you didn't just suddenly, cause you were getting fired. You were having various struggles, you, mm-hmm. and then you started finding your way more. And it's not a simple piece. I'm sure there's numerous things that came together, but how did you get the strength to start finding your way? Right at the beginning, right before Dr. Kui pressed record here, I was just thinking about this quote from Wayne Gretzky, which is, you miss every shot that you don't take. And I think there's so many times in our lives as folks with ADHD that we're always thinking about worst case scenario. And there was a, I'm sure all of you who are listening can think of times in your life where you wonder, hmm, what might have happened if I would have taken that chance or if I would have gone on that date or tried out for that part or whatever. And you can also look at it in the positive. Like just yesterday, my good friend Scott celebrated his 12, 12 year anniversary, wedding anniversary. He got married to his wife, Deanna and Deanna's best friend is my now wife, Andrea, who I met at their wedding. And I didn't have a girlfriend at the time when they got married back in 2009. And I could have said, oh, I'm like kind of embarrassed. Like I don't have a date. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go. I know enough people. I'll have fun. I like to dance and sing and whatever. So what the heck? We'll just go. So I went and there was this really cute girl who happened to be my future wife. And I asked her to dance and we did. And as Andrea likes to say, we met on the dance floor and we haven't left since. Oh. But the point is, I just didn't mind just asking. Like I I gave myself the chance. I I decide I'm gonna go to the wedding just because it's fun and why not? I'll ask her. No big deal. And like she said, yeah. So anyway, that's how I feel like I have gotten into this position. Is I'm not afraid to fail. I think so many of us look at an opportunity to go. Well, I've messed up so many things before. I shouldn't even try because I'm probably going to mess that up too. But the difference for me here was on my vision board downstairs, I have this picture uh, that I drew of a lighthouse and it says beacon of hope Mm -hmm. because I consider myself a beacon of hope for other people because I know that so many folks with ADHD are going through these storms because you asked me who is involved in this? Like, how did I get here? Andrea knew how unhappy I was. And she said, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I told her I would be an ADHD coach. And here's the key, because I don't want other people to have to feel like this. Yeah. And, and so the point is now what I think has made me successful is that 
unlike other jobs where I was doing stuff I didn't like just to try to earn a paycheck, this one is on such a deeper level for me that like I'm not, I will not fail because it is just every day I'm encouraging other people to believe in themselves again. Yeah. So so because of that, like I think others are attracted to that confidence because I'm like I'm so much happier now and I want you to be happy too. Yeah. So let's just keep working together so I can just tell you why life is actually good and you can do this. So that I think kind of sums up how I've been able to get to this point since the last time we talked. And that authenticity shows through because I've taken the same approach on TikTok, which is so funny because I'm 36. So to say that I'm on TikTok is still kind of weird to me. You're so young. Are you kidding? Don't even say that. Here's the thing. I don't feel old. It is just that originally TikTok was more for folks that were younger than me, yeah. but I wasn't afraid to get on. It was just like, whatever, I'll try it. So Catherine, it was, I think you and I, try to think of when, when was our interview? It posted in January. So it probably was in December. So this is crazy. So I think when I interviewed with you, I don't even think I was on TikTok yet because I, I remember my first post on TikTok was February, early February, 2021. Okay. So we're talking like 10-ish months. Yeah. 8-ish months, whatever, 8 to 10 months. I now have 390,000 followers on TikTok. You, this is the thing, Ryan. It. It does not surprise me a bit. One of the other things that I know that you were doing is you have a pretty solid support system outside of your home. You connect with other coaches, other people that help you. So that's another part. And I know Edward Hallwell talks a lot. Edward Hallwell being the author of one of the biggest ADHD books that came out a long time ago. Yep. In the more recent ADHD 2.0 that he wrote with John Rady. Uh, but yeah, he, dr driven to distraction. Never, and yeah, yeah. Driven to distraction is huge. And he talks about never worry alone, never worry alone. And, and, Love that. and so he's worried alone a lot. He's had a lot of anxiety along with his ADHD diagnosis and he kind of acknowledges that that's part of what he will experience in depression too. He will go through some of those things, but that's something that really stuck with me. Never worry alone. And I sense from you that you don't either being a verbal processor, you may tell people when you're worried. I, I, I get the sense you might. That was one of the main reasons I even got onto TikTok was that same phrase that I just said earlier. I'll echo it again what I said to my wife, which was, I don't, I want to do whatever I can so that others don't have to feel like this, which was depressed and like a loser and you're getting in trouble at work and hopelessly overwhelmed every single day and having like negative health impacts as a result. And so knowing that I was in that really dark, painful place and I felt, even though my wife was super supportive the whole time, you can't help but feel alone that yeah. like it seems like no one understands like i i'm not it's not that i'm not trying it's not that i don't want to be successful 
There's just things that are happening that are holding me back that there's, I can't control. And so I decided to get onto social media to start just letting other people know, hey, like you're not alone. You can do this. There's others that will support you. And that's why I think that it's grown in the way that it has because that exact community you're referencing, that support community, has honestly been what TikTok has been. So many people, I've said this to others, they've said it to me that, thank you for helping me to feel like it's not just me. Well, let's talk before we go. I just want to make sure that others know how to get a hold of you. Huge. So how can people work with you, share your info? Yeah, no, thank you for the opportunity to do that. Uh, if anyone is on TikTok, that's a, it's kind of a fun way to find me. If nothing else, you're going to get a laugh just to see some of the videos and say, oh man, I can relate to that. My handle on TikTok is ADHD Coach Ryan and the spaces have underscores. So it's ADHD underscore Coach underscore Ryan. And then my last name is Mayer, uh, M-A-Y-E-R. And so my website's ryanmayercoaching.com. Uh, and you can find me on any of the other socials or whatever. And um, I just want to say that even if someone might not be able to afford me specifically as a coach, like I tell people, please still reach out, like be able to talk with someone. Because even if, even if I had a completely full client list or if I was too expensive for someone, I don't want that to, I'm like getting emotional just saying it. I don't want that to stop you from connecting with me because I know enough other coaches out there or coaches who are just starting or people who have different offerings that are very affordable. So even if you just have questions, I would love to connect with you. We're all one big, happy, dysfunctional family here in the ADHD world. So like, so look me up and then even I just started doing like group coaching courses too. So that's another easy way. But yeah, we'd love to connect in any way. But Dr. Quee, just so great to see you because I know we're on Zoom right now. And I, I appreciate you having me back on the, the podcast here. Quick funny story to kind of wrap it up. You never know who you're going to impact. So I have a really good friend, childhood friend of mine, that my brother and sister, we would hang out with her and her sisters growing up. And I hadn't heard from her in a while where she lives a different part of the country. She texted me and said, I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, your podcast. Aww. And she said, I, I heard you getting interviewed on there. I can't believe this. Mind blown. So anyway, I just want to thank you for the work you do because we never know who we're impacting. Yeah, exactly. Well, Ryan, it's always a pleasure. This is not going to be the last time. This needs to be a biannual or annual or something experience have a wonderful day thank you so much you are welcome so thank you for joining me on finding your brilliance my guest today was ryan mayer the founder of ryan mayer coaching and if this topic speaks to you feel free to subscribe to my podcast you can find out more about me at my website kq adhd and that's a and d and just remember that we each have our own special areas of brilliance. Sometimes it just takes a while to find them. <laughs>